don't know the power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello, welcome along to Just Like in the Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie. It is day three of the 32nd Galway Film Fla, another great array of features screened yesterday at the Fla. Joined as always for reviewing the goods that were on the screen, Lisa Tracy, how are you? Good morning. I'm good, thank you very much. And Dave, good morning to you, Dave Coyne. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Lisa. How are you all? You know, I got to say, I am loving the FLA at the moment, doing the whole online thing. There's a nice ease to it. You know, you can have the Mm. cup of tea, you can have the little break. Certainly the liver is appreciating it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm loving the Q&As that they're doing as well in the evening and that whole setup. I think it's working really well. So fair play to all involved. On this episode, we are reviewing three features. We are looking at Boy Soldiers, The Secret War in Okinawa. Okinawa. We're also looking at the Dutch movie, My Extraordinary Summer with Tess. But first up, we're looking at the movie that screened last night at nine o'clock, Nocturnal, from director Natalie Biancheri. And uh, it stars, of course, Cosmo Jarvis and uh, a very interesting movie. Uh, tells the story of Pete, who works as a handyman at a local high school where he meets a young girl, Laurie. Uh, a student athlete, herself and her mother recently relocated to the town. And the two strangers basically form a friendship and uh, we don't want to ruin much more than that. But it just take you down different alleyways. You don't really know where this story is going. Uh, Sadie Frost is in it as well. I personally don't know what to make of this movie. For me, it's a kind of, it's a Marmite movie. I, I don't know if I love it, if I hate it or what. Lisa, what did you make in Nocturnal? Um, I actually was nicely surprised. I I didn't think I would react to this movie the way I did at the very end. I was I was I actually I got quite emotional again. I don't know what's wrong with me this week. There's something wrong with me, but um, yeah, it was it's 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 tough going because you're literally at the edge of your seat going just tell her because the audience is in on the in on the secret a lot quicker. Spoiler alert! No, careful um, now. I'm not going to say it, but I'm just saying that the audience is in on the on in on the story, uh, and the other main protagonist is not. But you're in on it very early. You know what's going on, and you're like, "Oh no!" And then you're like, "Oh, this is terrible." So you're kind of a little bit at the edge of your seat, going, "Will mm. you just tell her?" And then, or him? I don't know. I'm not breaking the secret, but uh, yeah. So by the very end, I was literally, I was just like, "Oh!" And then I was, I was a bit sad, but you know, hey. It was a good movie. I thought it was it was it was a good movie. I was expecting something else, and this is what I got. And I thought, you know what? It's different. I've never seen this before. Uh, but there is kind of, I kind of, it did feel a bit familiar, even though I've never seen this story before. But maybe it's because I read problem pages back in the day. Um, <laughs> it, now the only thing is, he is a little bit difficult to understand because he is playing a northern person. I don't know whether he's really northern. Northern England, should I say? I'm not really sure where exactly they are. They're like somewhere along the coast of England on the west or the east coast. So uh, I'm not very good on geography. Sheffield leads somewhere like that. And uh, yeah, so he's a painter, and they strike up that friendship, and uh, things get interesting. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Top notch. I suppose that was the thing for me. There were two elements. It was the fact that I couldn't understand 
what they were saying at times, they really started to mutter. And I know myself at times I mutter. (laughs) I understand (laughs) people don't understand me either. But it it was also the thing of, it was shot in 4x3, like the old kind of TV ratio. And there were times when people's faces were cropped out. I was finding that slightly frustrating as well, because I thought at first, oh, maybe they're trying to make out that this story has taken place during the 1980s, but it wasn't. So then I was trying to figure out what was the reason for having such a visual distraction all the way through, especially when you're watching something like this on a widescreen in a cinema or on your standard 69 television at home. You're seeing these yeah. big black bars. I decide it's taking you out of it rather than letting you go into it. Dave, what unless, are your thoughts? Unless it was a, a super artistic twist. No. <laughs> I don't know, but how how is how was it artistic by doing it that way? I don't know. Dave? Um, well, you know, I'm full of opinions on these kind of things. I mean, at the end of the day, the the 4-3 thing, in my opinion, is I would be shocked if it wasn't a broadcasting error somewhere where, you know, or an oversight or a wrong file or something, because there were certain uh, shots where people were framed out and any DP worth their salt would have not done that. Uh, so like somebody's talking and the camera moves and they're still talking, but they're off camera all of a sudden. But if it was in what we call the correct ratio by modern standards of 69, they would have been on screen. But or maybe maybe the director might have said, uh, you know, maybe maybe she thought it was an artistic choice. But I don't think the artistic choice is a, is a, something that they can hang hang this on because the film isn't that kind of artistic. You know, it's not Wes Anderson. It's not a stylized film. It's a pretty naturalistic film. Gary alluded to the fact that, you know, you can't really, there's a few times where I had to pause. As Gary said, it's nice to be able to sit and pause and play and go to the loo and get a cup of tea when you're watching these movies. But there was times when, you know, the ADR was a bit, you know, the uh, automatic dialogue replacement for those who don't know, where actors re-record their lines cleanly in a studio so the audience can hear them perfectly and understand what they're saying. And there was times when the, our main actor, Cosmo Jarvis, who I think was very good in this, by the way, I thought he, his performance mm. was excellent. Yeah. But I actually timed it. For the first 25 minutes of this movie, uh, and it's only an hour and 25 minutes long, we didn't see his face. We're looking at the back of his head, the side of the back of his head, his ears. For twenty five, It was 25 minutes before he turned around and faced the camera and we saw his face. And I was kind of thinking... Was that? Was that? I I kind of think that that was a an artistic choice. Like that is not something that somebody mm. does by accident. Because you know the rule one hundred and one for actors is show your face to the audience uh, on stage or on mm. camera. So, as Lisa said, it kind of leads you up the garden path, and then it leads you up the motorway, and then it leads you around the world. And there's lots of these. Oh, we're going this way. Oh, we're going that way. And it's it's quite well structured in that regard. Um, and Sadie Frost was actually quite good as the mother, even though, as you said, Gary, she was only in it for a minute or two. But uh, Cosmo Jarvis and uh, Laurie Kiniston were excellent. The chemistry between them, Lisa, wasn't it good? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. She's, she's I mean, really good. I recommend this film. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It builds slowly. It has an emotional punch, which it earns, doesn't it, Lisa? Mm. It actually builds and absolutely. earns it. And as yeah. you said, the, 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 the climax of the film is... Um, it's very simple mm-hmm. and visual and uh, well directed and thought out, but you know, down to earth and simple, not overly dramatic. And you know, but the sentiment is there, and you it does pull on your heartstrings a little bit. And um, quite a good movie all around. I enjoyed it. 
Okay, excellent stuff. Uh, so there you go. That is Nocturnal, which screened last night at the Galway Film Flat. Lisa, out of 10? Out of 10, I'm going to give it a solid 7. Okay, and Dave? I thought that was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it 6.5 just because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, an audience has to hear and see what's going on to follow the story. And there was too much times where I didn't know what was happening because because I couldn't hear it. Not because, yeah. you know, the script wasn't good or the story wasn't good. It's just technically I can't hear you. You know, I think the post-production might might have been better. But again, that just could be just down to budgetary constraints or time constraints. So I would forgive them. But I'm going to just knock a half a star off that for that reason. Uh, but it's certainly worth, well worth the watch and good performances all around. So six and a half for me. Let's move on now to a documentary, uh, Boy Soldiers, The Secret War in Okinawa. And Very Lisa, good. you got to go. Thank you. You got to go and uh, catch this Japanese documentary earlier on uh, yesterday afternoon. I suppose a piece of history that you aren't too aware of. It's not really something that kind of came up in the junior's heart. No, it's um, like the the war in the Pacific, I think, is pretty much simplified it's like oh Pearl Harbor gets bombed and then the Americans invade Okinawa and then there's that shot of the soldiers and we always see it from the western or the American point of view but um, this was obviously from the Japanese island of Okinawa and it's from the locals point of view and the stuff that went on oh my god and I'm not talking from the Americans I'm talking from their own army and the Japanese army. And it was just, if you think it's bad and then it just gets worse. It's, this is the documentary that keeps on giving because it is just. <sighs> so you've got like guerrilla units of boy soldiers, right? And they're like literally yeah. 13, 14, 15 years old. Um, they are recruited. Um, and this, ugh, I don't know. This, is there 200 of them or something? I don't know. So they're defending the both parts of the island that they're on, and the, like the northern and the southern, and the Americans attack the southern first and all that. But apart from the boy soldiers, which is like literally they're, they're using them as shields and they're using them as um, suicide bombers, and it is, it's horrific. And it, the, all the footage they have is from the American... Um, military so they have like all their actual footage of what was what happened or whatever but then you have this guy comes in and he's like he tells all the islanders they have to move to this other island and the other island is notorious because it's a malaria island and they all have to go over there and then they all die and it's like malaria epidemic um then you've got like the allied troops on top of that then you've got um civilians killing other civilians because there's this big thing of they're going to rat out to the americans if the americans catch them and then villagers start telling on other villagers and everyone thinks everyone's a spy and all oh, people are just getting killed left, right and center. Um, but apparently Okinawa is a really lovely place, but um, it's, uh, Oh God, it was, it's two hours. Like it's not, it's not a simple movie. You can't just like, it's, it's in Japanese of course, and it's got subtitles in English and that's fine. But it's, it's a, it's a story that's like one minute is this one minute is that. And it goes from this to that. And it's, it's very long and it's it's not an easy watch and there's a lot of gruesome footage in it and 
yeah, God, it's just fair play to them for getting over it though. Cause like what they haven't obviously gotten over it cause it was very sad, but they're old men now. They're like, there's still like some of the boy soldiers left and they're in their nineties and they're still hiking up the mountains to, to pray at the kind of memorial. And Oh, they're so sweet. But uh, yeah, I do watch it. If you're into um, learning something new about Japanese history and world war two and all that jazz. That sounds really good. So what would you give it out of 10, Lisa? Um, for the fact that I don't speak Japanese, I thought that was a bit of bad for me. But uh, I'd give it, I think I'm going to give it a solid six, maybe. I like to watch a documentary, but I, I watch many different documentaries in different languages. But I just found that this one kind of, it went from story to story. And I, I your one's... Uh, speaking over it and I kind of preferred if she didn't speak and I could just read it you know the way you can just mm. read the subtitles on really in the years and things like that and you focus more on the reading but she's talking over it and I found that it was just a little bit jarring trying to listen to her talk in Japanese and read the thing at the same time and I was like ah oh. so I'm just going to give it a six but that was but it's still a really good documentary like it's 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 really good I liked it Okay, excellent. The final feature that we are going to discuss on this episode is the Dutch movie, My Extraordinary Summer with Tess. And Dave, I know you got to see this movie yesterday evening. I actually think it's probably one of my favorite flicks so far in the FLA this year. I loved it. Agreed. For me, it's the highlight of the FLA so far, which bodes well because... uh, you know, there's some good. I've seen some good stuff this year's blast so far. Uh, this is this is the highlight for me so far. I'm hoping for more, but this is going to be hard to top for me. I absolutely adored this film, every single part of it. Um, I mean, the direct Lisa's like, I-, I might watch my extraordinary summer with Tess, and I was like, no, no, watch the other documentaries, Japanese documentary, <laughs> and now we're like, oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it, Dave? <laughs> Hey, sometimes you get the short straw. I'm sure I've had mine in the past and I'm sure I'll have it again. But today, <laughs> long straw for Dave. Um, yeah. I mean, the director, Stephen uh, Wouterlude, I'm going to mispronounce his name probably. His direction was superb. The pacing, the camera work, the production design, the wonderful nature of this story. I'll give people a quick synopsis of the story. Mm-hmm. It's about this boy on vacation with his family and he meets this wacky girl called Tess and she's got a secret and a kind of an agenda that's going on in the summer and I'm not going to give any spoilers away and they have formed this wonderful friendship that is just sublime it's fun it's adventurous it's relatable it brings you back to your childhood every single character her mother his parents his brother uh, the old fisherman uh, beachcomber uh, the, the richness of every character is fabulous and every character has their moment in this film um, and the two leads uh, Sonny Koops van Uteren I'm going to sorry Sonny and Josephine Arendensen who plays Tess and Sonny plays Sam I mean I've never seen two young actors perform as well on screen in my life it is sublime there's a scene climactic scene i'm not going to give you any spoilers there's a climactic scene in this movie i'm sure gary knows what i'm talking about and there's no dialogue and it's just i looks and they look at each other and it's literally a masterclass between these two kids and i probably have shoes that are older than the two of them put together 
And these children, I mean, a masterclass. Do you with me, Gary? Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, amazing. So naturalistic. And it's 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 in Dutch and a little bit of German with English subtitles. Don't let that put, it, put you off if you're not a subtitles person. It is a must-see, family-friendly, comedy, drama, feel-good, uplifting. The music is amazing. It's got a little Wes Anderson kind of feel of quirkiness. The costumes are amazing. The sets are amazing. The cinematography, the pacing, the emotion, the two, the mm. depth of these two little characters. Never mind the actor and actresses, or actors as we call them. The 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 characterization. Now, obviously, that all comes from the fact that this, the the story, my extraordinary summer with Tess, comes from a novel written by Anna Waltz or Waltz, maybe. Uh, mm. She's written like twenty plus kids books with you know great proper themes about humanity and making mistakes and growing up and you know great kids writer and you know her books are very very famous hence i think this is one of the first ones to be turned into a movie and my goodness have they made a little gem here absolutely Jeez, i'm really happy you with... got to see that movie dave <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i agree with everything you said i mean from the second it opened i just got this feeling that it was going to be a good movie the cinematography the pace uh the color the humor just absolutely f- fantastic movie. And as you said, the two actors. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, Brilliant. it's not even... Here's the thing, Gary. It's not even your classic trope of coming of age. Because they yeah, don't yeah. really go through... A, they go through a, a big event, you know, but they don't have a big change. They're still kids at the end. You know what I mean? It's not like the yeah. classic thing of, here's a young kid, and they go through this big thing, and they're not a kid anymore. I mean, we've seen it. There's a lot of good ones out there. You know, um, what's the famous one with the dead kid? Um Stand by me. The shine. And oh, not the- <laughs> no, stand by me. You know, like it's so good. Even the the old um, beachcomber dude, his scene where he speaks to him. Oh my god, it's just gold. It's gold, and I feel I, I just get a sense. I haven't re- read the book, but I get a sense that it's directly from the book. I get a sense that that Anna Walsh's novel was really faithfully adapted, and you can tell when you have a good novel and you adapt it well, and the producers. The actors, the, everybody in this did a fantastic job. The actors, oh my God, two fabulous actors, beautiful little children. You know, he's ridiculously handsome little boy with character and acting chops that Meryl Streep would be jealous of. She is a beautiful girl. Again, acting chops that are amazing. Timing, emotion, fun, laughter. I was blown away. And it's funny because you were saying at the start of your review about, you know, don't let the subtitles put you off. And I was saying in my head, what is he saying? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's subtitled. It's one of those movies where a few minutes in, you actually forget you're yeah. watching a subtitled movie. It exactly. It grabs you. It grabs you. Yeah. And you and, and it, it, when I say it grabs you, it doesn't grab you and pulls you along. It grabs you in the same way that a warm summer breeze grabs a, 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 a kite. You just feel happy floating with this movie all the way through. And even when it ends, there's a twinge of sadness that, oh, that wonderful little movie has ended, but you feel so happy and satisfied at the end of this movie. It's so nice. I I, I can't... I, and even even the ancillary characters, like Sam's father, yeah. and yeah, I won't yeah. go into other ones, but every single character was superbly acted. I mean, amazing, and I'm going to give it a nine and a half out of ten. Absolutely, wow. see, brilliant, brilliant Jeez. film. It is extraordinary, wow. excellent film, excellent. I agree with you 100. percent 
So there you go. That is my extraordinary summer with Tess, which uh, if you're watching online, I think you can watch it up until maybe Friday or so. So I'd as always, go to galwayfilmflat.com, create an account for yourself where you can go then rent and watch movies and uh, you can get the day-to-day listings and so on as well. All the details of what's been screened over the next few days, right up into the weekend, when they're on, uh, how much it is to rent and watch them online and everything. All the information is there. Now, tomorrow or today, I should say, uh, Thursday is another busy day. There's the animation uh, drama Weathering With You, which kicks off at 12 noon. Uh, Off screen, you have the Flatform 2 taking place. You have new shorts animations taking place at lunchtime today. Uh, And more shorts, uh, fiction shorts indeed, taking place later on this evening. And then there's the documentary, The Dakota Entrapment Tapes, which is on at three in the afternoon. There's another documentary on at four work or to whom does the world belong? Another documentary taking place at 6 p.m., Wall Citizen. And then we're back into some dramas for the evening. Rose plays Julie, which Will Fitzgerald, the programmer, was talking about with us a couple of days ago. That stars Aidan Gillen. You have The Bull at 8 p.m. And at nine o'clock, you have Rialto and another film screening as well at 10 o'clock. So plenty on throughout the day here on the Galway Film Fla website. So we'll be reviewing some of them again for you tomorrow morning. So make sure you tune in to Just Like in the Movies. You can find the podcast across all major podcast platforms and you can follow us on social media and uh, check out our website as well, jlitmovies.ie. Lisa Tracy, I'm sure you have to go off now and watch that movie, My Extraordinary Summer with Tess. Yes, I do. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, and thanks again, Dave Coyne. Pleasure. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning here on Just Like in the Movies. Bye-bye.